Looking good out there. Listen, I want to take a moment, and those who are watching with us online, we've got people from the Philippines, Canada, and Nigeria watching with us. We're so glad that you are watching and joining with us today. Listen, we missed y'all last week. Did y'all miss us? Oh, good, you did. Okay, well, we were with our Midtown family, but it was so good to be with them, but we did miss being in the house with you. And uh, man, I am super excited for today. If you've been tracking with us, we have been in this series called Blessed, as our as we just had that intro with Blessed, and it kind of just put this like, ah, right, this little piece with you, this series called Blessed. And in that, we've been studying Matthew 5 as we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount and these things called the Beatitudes. And with that, the first week, we kicked it off talking about being poor in spirit, which is the foundation of all the other Beatitudes, right? Every Beatitude builds off being poor in spirit, saying, God, I need you, knowing in and of ourselves we can do nothing, but it's through him we can do all things, like that desperation, we've gotta be poor in spirit. And then the second, we, we, we talked about, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Ooh, did y'all get some relief after that one? Come on now, you guys doing okay? I don't know about you, I had to kind of pick myself up after that day, it was an amazing service that we had together. And then last week, we talked about blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meekness is not weakness. Some of y'all listen. Meekness is not weakness, right? Meekness is not weakness. We talked about how we are to, to see and, and think about others above ourselves, to kind of get outside of, of viewing ourselves and, and think about others above ourselves. And so in that, it was, it's been a great series of, as we've started so far. I, you know, I feel like the Lord told me, hey, it's time to stop the, uh, the power play summer, the bless me ways, right? And it's time for you to seek and affirm and love others and see others above yourself with that meekness series last week. I was like, dang, Lord, I think I got some bruises on me after this message. But today we're landing on one of the Beatitudes that's had my heart just in this posture of weightiness, this posture of weightiness. And it's one that I long for. It's one that I long for each and every one of us who are watching, who are participating today that we would long for. It, but it comes after we put the first three in order in our lives. Today we're landing on Matthew 5, verse 6, and it's this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for in then comes the promise, they will be filled. Blessed are we when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, for then we will be filled. Come on, somebody. Right? Come on. Let's get excited for that. We will be filled when we hunger and thirst for this thing called righteousness. And so as we get started today, could we just, could we just get our hearts in this posture of saying, God, I wanna hear from you, right? This is not about just a word, God. We want transformation. How many of you want transformation, right? It's not just about information, right? We don't come to church just to get information, we come to get transformation on the inside, which then manifests itself on the outside, right? So let's just do this. If you feel comfortable, I just want you to put your hands out like this. And we're gonna ask for the Lord to come to have his way and minister to us. God, we love you. Father, we bless your name. We bless the name of Jesus. God, this is your church. And in this moment, we say, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. Have your way in our thinking, in our everything. 
We submit this time to you, and God, it's in this moment. Any parts of our heart that have been hardened, we ask that you soften. Lord, any areas of our mind that have been blinded to things, God, we ask that your light would come in and you would shine in the darkness. We submit this time to you because, Father, we want to leave transformed by the power of your word and by the power of the living God. In Jesus' name, do you agree with that? Amen. 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 Well, I am super excited. Again, Matthew 5, verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. These past few weeks, listen, we've we talked about our helplessness. We've talked about our weakness, right? We've talked about our poverty of spirit. But today we get to talk, we get the, the fullness of not just blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We get the joy that comes with that, that being filled, that being filled. And I don't know about you, but man, I am excited. I want to be filled. How many of you wanna be filled in this room? You wanna be filled, right? You don't wanna leave, leave it empty. You don't wanna be empty, but you wanna be filled, right? So here in Matthew 5, verse six, we have one of the most notable statements and just declarations of, of the Christian gospel and everything it has to give us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and they will be filled. Listen, I want to long for an order in my soul and in my quality of life that says, hey, I wanna live my life for Jesus. I wanna live my life in a way uh, that maybe I've never experienced before. Here's what I know. I want this quality of life that I have on the inside of me to, to reflect the very person of Jesus. I want this, this deep longing in my soul to be satisfied only by Jesus, to have this fullness of life inside me, not because of the things out here, but because of who resides in here. And some of you, you're in this room and you're like, this is my first time, what in the world is this woman so excited about? You're like, or maybe you've been away from the church. You're like, what in the world is she talking about? Listen, I'm excited because many of us have encountered Jesus in amazing ways, or maybe you've never encountered him at all. But listen, I'm here to tell you there is more. There is more. There is more. And here's where I want to encourage you as we go today. I want you to set your appetite on there is more for you. There is more for you. There's more for you. And so, as we get started today, I wanna to just revisit this word bless, this, this word bless that we talked about in the beginning. This word in the Greek, blessed means, it's called makaros, and it means happy and fortunate. What Jesus is saying at the beginning, he's saying, hey, happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They are happy people. Those are the ones that will be filled. The whole world is seeking for happiness. I wanna be happy. You wanna be happy? Oh, like a third of y'all are like, yes. I wanna be happy. So come on, do you guys wanna be happy? Yes, right? We wanna be happy. We wanna be happy, right? And that, that's a great, that's an okay thing. That's a thing, that's natural. That's on the inside of us, legitimate. We wanna be happy. But here's the problem. The world says, hey, to be happy, indulge in this sin. The world says, hey, if you have the right body, you have the right fit, you look in this way, you've got the social checks, you got the right car, you got the right house, you got the ring on your finger, then hey, then you're good. Come on. They say that is happiness, right? Climbing the corporate ladder. But here what Jesus is trying to point out to us, like scripturally, is like, blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst, not for the things of the world, 
but for righteousness. That's what will make them happy. I'm about to get real up in here with church folk. Okay, thank you. You just gave me permission. Listen, church folk will say, oh, pastor, I'm not out in the world sinning. No, no, no. I don't do that stuff, right? Listen, and you might, and you're probably not, but can I be truthful in here? Even as believers, we can fall into the trap of hungering and thirsting to be blessed. Hungering and thirsting for the signs and the wonders versus the face-to-face interaction with God and the things of him. Oh, bless me, Jesus. Yeah, he'll bless you, but hunger and, and seek after his face, that intimate relationship with him first. That's why Jesus addressed from the very beginning the first beatitude, being poor in spirit because we have to have this utter dependence and need and deep desire for him, right? Many people, even in the church, they'll seek after the signs and the wonders and the revivals, and those are all good things. Those are not bad things. Let me Hear me on that. I love those things. Those are amazing, right? But if we're not seeking first his face, relationship with him, not just where's the next revival, not just where's the next thing, but seeking him first, we're gonna miss out on the most important thing, and that's relationship. That's intimacy with Jesus. You know, I love that there's been this um, revival that started over in in Asbury in the seminary, and and all these people were flocking to it. And some people, (laughs) in fact, what they did, they actually said, hey, if you're not under this age, I don't know the age, I'm gonna say 25, like you need to go, because people are coming in just doing this, Oh, I want to see the signs and wonders. Oh, revival. That's not that that's a bad thing, right? But they were seeking this versus going, God, what is happening here? I want in here, right? Seeking, like that we would seek the face of God and intimacy with him first and foremost. We are hungering for revival. We're in a deep, the, the world as, as a whole, listen, across the U.S., people are hungering for this thing called revival. But let me tell you, revival begins in the hearts of God's people when they begin to repent before him. It starts with a heart of repentance and righteousness saying, I need to be in right standing with you, God. Hungering to be with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, knowing there's no one else like him. No one else like him. Grieving and mourning is when, when we've messed up and then turning our face to him saying, oh God, but I thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive me, but I need you first and foremost. This blessedness and this righteousness, this happiness and, and joyfulness that we, well, that, this is the peacefulness that will fulfill us and sustain us. But if we're constantly looking to the outside, if we're seeking that, that happiness outside of an intimate relationship with Jesus, we're not gonna receive it. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. The American dream says life, liberty, and what? Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit, right? This thing to try and attain. What if we believers lived from the state and place of life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness? Can you imagine what the world would look like? Can you imagine the change that would happen in our nation and across the world if we lived out of a place of wanting to be holy because he is holy? Matthew 6, 31 through 34 says this. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is saying here, I got you. He's like, I got you. I know what you need. He's trying to get us to realign our thinking and not just in our head, but in our heart to him and say, hey, let's have relationship. Don't just study the things of God. Know me because blessed and happy will you be when your heart is in alignment with me and you're hungering and thirsting for me. So what does it mean when we look at the scripture, hungering and thirsting for righteousness? What does it look like to have a spiritual appetite when we talk about hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Because in then comes the promise of fulfillment. When we look at that word hunger, when we look at that word hunger in the Greek, it means to desire strongly. That word thirst basically means the same thing, desire strongly. It's this extension of a spiritual need that only God can satisfy. And these are ongoing things. This doesn't mean this thing stops. It's like a present tense of a continual need, desire. God, only you can satisfy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, who say, God, I'm desperate for you. I strongly desire you because in that I know I will be satisfied. I will be satisfied. When we look at that that hunger and thirst there, there's this, this consciousness of this deep need, this longing in our soul, this thing that's so deep to our very core, deep to our very core where it's painful, it's painful, it hurts because we need that satisfaction. We need to be filled by him. It's something we're desperate for. And listen, we're all created with appetites in this room. We all have appetites. Come on now. You're like, yeah, I have an appetite, right? We have physical appetites, right? We need food for our bellies. Come on. Some of y'all are like, yeah, it's gonna be lunchtime soon and you're getting hungry, right? We need physical food to satisfy our body. Like our, food, our bodies need food to survive, right? Some of us, when we don't get food, we get hangry. I'm, I'm gonna be real, I get hangry up in here. I'll be like, you need a nap or you need food. It's one or the other. Yes, I do. Maybe both, right? We need physical food. Like we have a physical body, a physical appetite. We need food to satisfy on the inside of us to give us nutrients, right? Emotionally, We have an appetite and a longing for love, right? To be loved, to do life with someone and have intimacy and just relationship with them. And all the married people say, oh, that's weak. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, I've been married for a while, right? (laughs) Amen. And the the single men and women said? Listen, listen. Do y'all see the difference there? Married people. Listen, we're having a thing on Friday night, okay? If you weren't able to register online, you can register in, or, and be in the room, you can register online. I'm just kidding. Not really, but I am saying you can register. Right? We have all these different appetites. Mentally, we have this appetite to be seen and noticed, right? We want this affirmation. We want people to affirm us and, and recognize us for our accomplishments and these different things. And spiritually, our spirit has an appetite as well. Your spirit has an appetite, this this longing for a deep, intimate relationship with God. We all have appetites, all of those appetites, and all of those are legitimate needs that we have, but sometimes, gonna be honest, everything else screams at us, right? Our body's like, pull over, you're hungry, there's Taco Bell, or Chick-fil-A, right? 
just stop or you need that donut from Krispy Kreme today. I'm not talking about myself, but I'm just saying, <laughs> right? Our body screams, you need food, right? And our emotions will scream like, you need love, you need affection, right? We, we have all those things and our, our hearts will ache and we'll long for those things, right? But Jesus, what he's saying in this, he's like, hey, 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 happy will you be when you come to me and hunger and thirst for me, when you feed your spirit on me, not all the other appetites. We need those things, but oftentimes we leave our spirit neglected. We leave our spirit neglected. And when I think about our souls and I think about our spirits and, and those different things, I think about 1 Corinthians 6 where Paul talks about we're the temple of the Holy Spirit and I think about our lives. And I think about us as believers and how we're to be full of the, the living God and let him reside in us. And if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, many of you, you experience that, you have that. But some of us, some of us have allowed other things into our temple into our lives to consume us. Some of us are allowing these legitimate hungers and thirsts, these, these needs to be filled with other things, other things. When I was younger, I, uh, I went through some trauma when I was a young girl. And um, because of that, I, I experienced some different pain. And many times, like we have legitimate needs and hungers and, and they need to be filled, but sometimes we'll look to other things to fulfill them. Can I, can I tell you something? Listen, a pack of Doritos, that thing's not gonna satisfy you like a good steak and potatoes. Got a little green beans, nice little roll in there, right? But oftentimes we're settling for packs of Doritos or the, although it tastes good, Krispy Kreme donut, instead of going and getting a steak and potatoes, right? Those things to satisfy us. But why do we run to other things? We have these legitimate needs, we have these appetites, but why do we? So when I was a young girl, just going through some of the different trauma that I did, it caused some pain in my life. Many times it's, it's from the result of pain. And we want healing, but we don't want the healer. We'll seek the things that will take off the pain and numb us in a moment, but we won't wanna do the deep inward work to allow God to heal us from the inside out. So from this trauma, I was constantly looking for, for love and relationships. So I thought, oh, here's what I'll do. I thought maybe, maybe if I look for love and relationships, then, then maybe I'll feel better. So I was like, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll, wear some, I'll wear some stuff where I'll get noticed. Let me look sexy. Let me post it on social. Show everything that I have to offer, right? Starting looking at those things, and all of a sudden, what happens? Lust, sexual perversion starts to come in. I lost power, all these different things. And so I thought, oh, if I'm in relationships and let me dominate, oh, I will be the woman and you will, you will submit to me, right? Looking for power, but getting involved in these, in these relationships to thinking that, oh, maybe that will satisfy me, make me feel. But still didn't do that, still. So it's like, God, I need to numb the pain. God, I need to numb the pain. So what's readily available? Oh, I got some weed. Okay, let me take some weed. Listen, now you can vape it, whatever. Back then, you had to roll it up and smoke it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, <laughs> but for real, y'all, I was bad, right? The weed, I, 
would sneak over to my, my parents didn't keep alcohol in the house. I would sneak over to my neighbor's house because I could get in and I would take their alcohol out of their decanters and pour it and drink it and then fill it back up with water. Just, I was bad. But I was looking for something, something to numb the pain. So let me put that in. Let me put that in, right? It's like, oh, well, maybe if I had the right looking outfit, if I drive this car, we had the rice house, uh, all the different things, the materialism, maybe then, oh, maybe then I'll feel better, right? But materialism, materialism can lead to excessiveness, right? And excessive debt, let me just say that. Oh, you know what? I know what God's word says, but I'm just gonna exchange my, his truth for my truth. I'm gonna just not look at that part of the Bible. I don't wanna fill myself up with that. Right, let me just fill myself with, you know what, I'm not getting the affirmation that I want, so let me do whatever I can on social to get the affirmation, the clicks and the checks marks so that people will look at me and recognize me for who I am. That plays into a church world as well, right? It's the truth. Here's the thing, we have appetites. We have appetites, but we're looking at snacks instead of looking at the living water who can truly give us that fulfillment. Fill us up. Did y'all know there's actually a thing called hunger breath? Don't be looking at your neighbor asking them to breathe on you right now, okay? Are you hungry? Don't be doing that right now. Literally, there's this thing called hunger breath. Scientific studies have been done, and what, it's, what it is, it's this, is that your breath changes over a period of time, like if you're not feeding yourself on the inside, like if you're not eating food, literally the, your breath changes when it goes out as you're breathing out because there's an inward deficit, there's a lack of food. So what that means is there's a lack on, in here, then as you're breathing out, whew, I don't care if you brush your teeth, right? Scope, did a little scope, spit it out, right? When you're breathing out, there's a, your, your actual composition of your breath changes changes. Here's the truth. The same way our breath can change when we are starving our physical bodies, that same way, whatever we are filling ourselves up with on the inside, we are putting out to everyone around us. What are you feeding your spirit with? Is it full with the living water or is it these empty, hollow things? What are you hungering and thirsting for? Psalm 42, verse one says this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Listen, I'm no hunter. I know I look like one. I don't have my orange vest and my camo. Johnson doesn't either. But what I do know is a deer needs water to survive. It needs water to survive or it will die. And what David is saying here is just like a deer needs that physical water, our spirits need the living water, the streams of living water that only come from Jesus to fill us, to sustain us. He's the only one that can satisfy all our needs. Listen, sex outside of marriage, porn, listen, all of those different things, the numbing things, right? The affirmation, yeah, are they gonna give you, they're gonna give you a brief moment of relief. I'm not gonna say they don't, because they do. They leave you with a, oh, I feel better now. Oh, I feel a little bit better now. But it's once those things go, they leave us feeling usually empty and hollow on the inside, not full. 
And usually what comes behind that is shame, is guilt, is condemnation. When we allow all of these different things to take up space and residency in our heart without Jesus, but blessed, happy are those who strongly desire for God, who have this deep longing in their soul to meet their need. J.N. Darby says this, he says, to be hungry, to be hungry isn't enough. I must be really starving to know what is in his heart toward me. Listen, we see in the New Testament, you guys remember the story of the prodigal son? If you don't, go look it up. I don't have time to go over it. But the prodigal son had left his father. He had gone away and looked for all these things to satisfy him, and he got to this point, and he was so hungry, he was starving on what the pigs ate. Or he was hungry, that's what he was eating. But when he was starving, where did he go? He went to his father and he went home, home. Oh, that we would have a a starving in our heart and we would hunger and thirst for God for in that promise, we will be filled. That hunger for what? Righteousness, righteousness. So what does that word righteousness mean here? When we look at this word righteousness here, I believe it means justification and sanctification. Justification, being right with God, knowing I wanna be in right standing with God, cleansed from all my sin, cleansed from any worldly attachment to me. It's the desire for righteousness, this thing of saying, hey, I'm hungry and thirsting and starving for the things of God to be free from sin and every form of it on my life. And so I wanna share three things with you today that I believe when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, what what it creates. The first thing is this, when we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, it creates a desire to be right with God. A desire to be right with God. So what does that mean? It says, hey, I wanna be free from sin. I wanna be free from sin. Not the thought, like, I wanna be fully free from sin. I wanna be in right standing with God. When I'm not in right standing, there's something in between. What is that in between that's in my life? It's saying, I I wanna know the things of God, not just in my head, but I wanna know it in my heart. It's this hunger to be in right standing with him. Because when we hunger and thirst for righteousness and right standing, desiring God, it's that man or that woman who sees sin and rebellion have separated themselves from the living God and say, oh God, would you cleanse me? Oh God, I need you. Oh God, I'm hungry for you. It's that spiritual appetite that's been on mute. Did you know when somebody is, is dying, when they are passing away, one of the first thing that goes is their physical appetite. When we are dying and we are quenching our spirit, one of the first things that we do is we lose appetite for the things of God. Oh, that we would desire him and right standing with him. You know, in the beginning, Adam and Eve, right, they were made righteous. We see that in scripture. They were made righteous in the presence of God. They dwelt and they walked with him. But then sin entered in and it separated them from him. But oh, that we would desire God and uh, desire to be right with God because in that promise in that with this scripture as we hunger and thirst for righteousness we will be filled hungering and thirsting to be right with him it creates a desire to be free from sin hungering and thirsting for righteousness creates a desire to be free from sin I'm gonna be real 
Sin feels good. You're like, I don't know if I should laugh or like act like I didn't really hear her. Come on. Sin feels good. It, thank you. Like two people are like, yeah, it does. She's not gonna shame me. I'm not gonna shame you. Like, come on, let's be real. Sin feels good. It feels good in the moment, right? That momentary high or that happiness, but behind sin, as I said, right? Behind that and giving into temptation, it can leave us feeling ashamed. Can leave us feeling ashamed. But when we truly begin to walk out these beatitudes of poor in spirit, grieving the sins that we've committed and and God knowing meekness is not weakness and God, I set my affections on you. I'm desperate for you. I'm starving for you. I'm starving to be right right with you. God, I'm starving and, and hungry to be free from sin. Something happens. Something happens on the inside of us. There's a, there's a breaking, there's a brokenness, there's this thing that's created, this hunger and this thirst that can only be satisfied by Jesus. Come on. And it creates this desire, not just to be free from sin, but a desire to be free from the very desire to sin. What does that mean? It means not just God take care of the outward things, oh, that I wouldn't fall into this, like, oh, can you just break my laptop or like, Put something on my phone so I don't look at that, right? It's saying, no, God, do the inward work. Do the deep heart work down here. Do the very deep heart work so that my soul, my heart, my spirit wouldn't long for those things. God, I wanna be free from the very desire to even sin, not just sin. First uh, Peter 1, 14 through 16 says this. It says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. Listen, we have to be holy and hunger after the things of God. When we long for that deliverance, when we long for that freedom, when we long for that face-to-face interaction with the Lord, where we're not just in shame for what we did, but saying, oh God, I need you. Oh God, from the deep hearts of my soul, God, I, I need to be filled with you because all these other things have done have left me feeling empty. There's something that happens on the inside and he's able to come and fill us because sin pollutes us. Sin pollutes us the very essence of our being and of our nature. And listen, you and I, we were created in the image of God. In the image of God, we were called to be image bearers for him. But here's the thing, I'm gonna say something strong. You cannot continue to live in habitual sin and expect to be fully filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't. Um. I'm gonna keep this right back here. One foot in, one foot out with you, Jesus. Like, I'm gonna hold onto this right here. If I just hold onto this. If you're holding on, how can God change something when you're holding on to it? He cannot. You say, oh, I want hunger and thirst after you. Look, look at my hands. You gotta let go. It's about surrendering your all, giving your everything to him because if you're holding on to it, he can't change it. But it's getting in that posture. The beautiful thing is though, You can get in that posture before him. You can change today and you can say, God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I'm longing for you. I need you, Jesus. Listen, as as a true disciple of Christ, it should be a desire that we be free from anything, free from anything that would hinder us in our relationship with Jesus. You might be here and you're like, well, I'm not a disciple of Christ. Well, listen, I'm here to tell you, 
that there's a God in heaven who sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you. And he wants to free you from the very things of depression, anxiety, feeling numb, feeling a lack of love. He wants to fill you with him. It's not about coming on a Sunday and getting our church filled, right? Let me get my church filled and then living carelessly throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, saying, God, change my behavior, right? It's not. It's about saying, God, would you do the inward work? Change my heart. And with that, Lord, the outward work will happen, Father. Create a clean heart in me, oh God. Create a clean heart in me, oh God. It says, I am nothing without you. It says, Jesus, I need you. I need you more than anything. I'm desperate for you. Father, would you free me from the temptation, even the desire to sin on the inside of my heart? I'm desperate for you. Help me to see as you see. Some of us in this room, we need to starve out the very desire for the different appetites we've been feeding on, the things we've been snacking on. And we need to start hungering and thirsting for the closeness, the relationship with Jesus, just that close intimacy and desire with him. For in that, we will be filled. Third thing is this. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness creates a desire to be right with God, a desire to be free from sin, and a desire to be holy. 1 John 1.5 says this, this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. When you invite Jesus in and have a relationship with him, what John is saying is our fellowship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, where we're in that relationship, that closeness with him, that we are walking in light, this blessed purity and, and holiness, this desire to be like Christ, holy because he is holy. And this desire to be holy, it's exemplified when we, we live out these beatitudes in our life, when we live out and saying, God, I, I want the fruit of the spirit to come out of me whenever I'm encountering other people. God, with my actions, I don't wanna leave with my stanky breath, right? Come on. I want people to feel love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's what I want the fruit to be in my life. I don't wanna come with all these other things. God, I want that to be what shows on my life, right? It's, it's the person that hungers to be that new man and woman that we see in Christ Jesus, the supreme desire to, to know God and be with God and have fellowship with him, not just the things of him, but with him, because as we seek him and have that deep longing and desperation for him, all these things are added and we will be filled as we want to live this holy life after Christ. Then comes the blessing, they shall be filled. They shall be filled. John 6, 37 says this, all those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. And I love the way the message version puts it. it. says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more and thirsts no more, ever. I have told you this explicitly because even though you have seen me in action, you don't really believe me. Isn't that like us? We will question. We will see God move. We'll say, oh, that's for someone else, but God, that's not for me. He's saying, no. He's saying, I am the bread. 
I will fill you. I will sustain you when you align yourself with me. So every person the Father gives me eventually comes running to me. And once that person's with me, the promise here, I hold on. I hold on and I don't let go. I don't let go. I came down from heaven not to follow my own agenda, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. Amen. Amen. That's right. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness, that right standing. Man, to be right with God, to be free from sin, the very desire to even want to sin, we will be filled. There's this immediate justification with Christ and his righteousness and this barrier of guilt and shame is removed. And as we confess our sins and we truly get in this posture of repentance and asking for forgiveness, he comes in, he forgives us knowing, hey, God, I I have been a sinner and I'm in need of you as savior to come and wreck my life and take over. Receiving that and saying, God, I wanna be filled with you and only you wanna be in right standing with you because in that we are filled. Earlier, I just briefly shared that, you know, I had gone through some trauma when I was younger and in that trauma, I had looked at all these different things to just satisfy and fill my life literally with all these things that basically left me feeling empty, maybe gave me brief satisfaction for just a little bit, but not very much. And I got into this place of desperation. This place of, I was already hungry. (laughs) I was already thirsty, looking for things to fill me. But I got into this place of just desperation. I had reached rock bottom where I even was like, should I commit suicide? Like those kind of thoughts. I was so empty. I had looked at, hmm, worldly affirmation or relationships, all these different things to fulfill me, snacking on all these empty things and what the world had to offer, looking for power. The depression was heavy, the anxiety was real. And I'll never forget going to this church event and I had gotten to this place where like, God, I'm desperate for you. I need you, I need you. God, I don't just need you like figuratively. Like I need you in the depths of my soul. And this breaking and brokenness began to happen on the inside of me where I just began to cry out and say, God, I'm, I'm so sorry, Father. Will you forgive me where I've gone to, to get all the affirmation on the inside? It's okay to wanna be liked, but God, I put other people's affection above your affection for me. Father, will you forgive me? God, I, I, I don't want to just live out my life for the truth that I think about myself. I need your truth. Father, will you forgive me? I repent, Lord, where I've exchanged my truth for your truth. Forgive me, Lord. God, where I, I've, I've looked to all these things, having the right clothes, a car, whatever, to satisfy me and make me feel good about myself and left me in debt, this materialism. God, I'm so sorry. You will supply all my needs. Father, would you forgive me? I am so sorry. I repent, Lord. Lord, God, I've, I've been numb for quite a while. The pain has hurt. For I've looked to all these other things to numb me, Lord, to make me feel better. I don't, I don't, I don't wanna run to those things anymore. I don't want them, God. 
Father, would you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I don't wanna grieve your heart. I don't wanna grieve your heart. I just want you. I began to hand it over to the Lord. Father, for the relationships that, huh, they screwed me up. <laughs> oh, Lord. Because we know some relationships have screwed us up. Father, I'm so sorry. Those separated me from the love that you truly have for me, wanting to fill me. God, would you forgive me? I surrender to you. Oh, Lord. I don't have to wear certain things or act a certain way to be loved. You see me beautiful for the way I am. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing just lust and sexual perversion, the things that I, I focus my eyes on, to take my eyes off you. Father, would you forgive me? I repent before you. And following the repentance that I have before the Lord in that moment, down on my knees, just saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And God, I surrender this all to you. God, I surrender this all to you. After I went through that repentance, just giving it back over and just saying, here, take it. I don't want it. They've left me feeling empty. I'm very visual. The Lord likes to speak to me visually. And the Lord, all of a sudden, I saw a picture in my mind. And it was of a glass. It had about this much water in it, if you can see it and a pitcher of water. And I heard the Lord say, Summer, you have given yourself to all of these hollow things, but all they did was left you feeling empty. But now that you've repented, now that you've surrendered to me, now that you're starving to me, now that you're in this place of brokenness, here's what I wanna do. And all of a sudden, the pitcher began to pour into the glass. It began to overflow and overflow and overflow and overflow. Why? Because he's the one who can truly satisfy us. Oh, that we would hunger and thirst for him, to be right with him and right standing with him. Because when we do, we will be filled. Listen, in that moment, there was this, I literally in that moment after repentance and just surrendering before him in this brokenness, I felt something literally just break off of me. And in that same moment, as I saw the pitcher pouring into the glass, there was like this peace of God that came over me and began to fill me up to overflowing. There was joy where I had had sadness and this joy began to overflow where I was laughing and, and had like uncontrollably for like an hour. Why? Because God was restoring, restoring the deep places of my soul and of my spirit. Where there was this, this anxiety and this, this weighing down, he came with his peace. Where there was this shame of like, oh God, I am filthy before you. There was this love that filled me. I have never been the same since. And I'm not saying that's a one-time event. I'm saying God wants to do this over and over and over and over and over and over and over for you and for I. So here comes the question, what will you be filled with? What will you be filled with? I believe the Lord wants to fill you full to overflowing with everything you want to exchange that's been a counterfeit, that's been a snack, 
that you put into your soul that you've been living with on the inside of us. Those things that we need to be starved out, God wants to replace. So maybe for you in relationships, you've never felt that full acceptance and love. He wants to fill you with his love today. Maybe you're battling depression and anxiety. He wants to give you his peace today. Maybe there's been so much pain, so many people who've mistreated you that you just need to know God sees you. He wants to fill you with his love today because he sees you. Whatever you've exchanged the hollow with, God wants to replace for the counter, for the thing of him and who he is. Fill you full. Fill you full. I love what Psalms 103, four through five says. It says that David tells us, right, that God is a God who redeems our life from the pit. That he crowns us with love and compassion and he satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on. As I got older and older, I wanna look younger and younger. Come on now. Come on. So here's what I want us to do. Listen, this is, this is an, an ongoing hunger and desperation and starving for the things of God in our souls, in our hearts, asking him to do the work on the inside of us, not just the external, but the internal in our minds, making new. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to just get into a posture and asking the Lord to explore and reveal any areas of emptiness where maybe we've looked to other things that have been hollow and we think that's gonna satisfy us to fill us instead of hungering and thirsting for him. So I want you to just say this with me. Say, Jesus, are there anything that I've put into my life that are hollow and empty that I'm hungering and thirsting for that aren't of you. Would you reveal that to me, Lord? I'm gonna give you just a minute. Hey, sometimes this can get uncomfortable. Let me just say that. And the voice of shame and condemnation would try and hinder you from receiving what God wants to fill you with today. But I say no to that right now for you in the name of Jesus. I want us to just pray this together. If you would pray with me, say, Father God, I repent where I've allowed other things, the appetites of the world, to be my cheap satisfaction instead of hungering and thirsting for you. Lord, right now, I repent where I've exchanged worldly affections and desires instead of desiring you. God, would you forgive me? God, right now, I repent before you. And I want you to begin to just tell the Lord what you're repenting from. Say, God, I wanna be free, free from sin, free from the desire to sin. I wanna be in right standing with you. I wanna be holy. 
because you are holy. So right now, in desperation, I'm hungry for you. Come, Lord, would you fill me? I turn to you and I leave the hollow things behind, surrendering to you. And today, I wanna be transformed. Lord, would you heal my heart, heal my mind right now in the name of Jesus. I surrender to you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I wanna pray over you, but here's what I want to, I wanna just extend to you right now. I believe God wants to extend his hand to you right now. And I believe as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Many times we can pray these prayers in moments like this, and it's our own personal time. I wanna invite you to come down here, almost like as a physical, God, I'm making this real as I'm starving for you and I'm hungering for you with an expectation of filling, just to come down front. And as you do that, our worship team's gonna sing. We're gonna sing this song one more time. It's not about a person coming and just praying for you in this moment. This is about you seeking the face of Jesus because in that you will be filled as you hunger and thirst for him. So I'm gonna pray and then I want you to come. Father, I thank you for your people right now. God, I thank you for your sons and your daughters. I thank you for the promise that we have in you, that Lord, as we hunger and thirst for you, as we desire you strongly, as Lord, we starve for you and desire to be right with you, Lord, to, to desire to be free from sin and desire to be holy, that in that, God, we will be filled. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as every heart that's prayed, every heart that's surrendered, every person in this room and those who've watched online with this morning, as they've surrendered, surrender to you. God, I am asking for an impartation of your spirit to come down. I am asking that you would come, that you would fill them to overflowing, Lord, that you would replace the shame, Lord, with approval, that, Father, you would replace the, the rejection with your love, that, God, you would take away the anxiety and depression and fill it with your peace right now in Jesus' name. Lord, come, Lord Jesus. All we want is you, God. We want you, God. We want you, God, and right now I bless your people. I thank you that this will not just be a moment of, uh, Lord, something that happened. It's a moment of impartation, and it's a moment of transformation right now in Jesus' name. Come, Lord Jesus, we want you. Come, Lord Jesus, we want you. Let's worship. <laughs>